This episode is brought to you by freedadcourse.com. You are always one conversation away from changing your life, and the power of hello is something that I subscribe to every single day, and I'm always saying hello to new people everywhere I go. Increasing your opportunity, increasing your connection, and getting access to the solutions to the problems that you are facing, whether you're on active duty or just beginning your veteran transition or even transitioning out for 20 years. On the other side of hello are the solutions that you're looking for. Again, head on over to freedadcourse.com. Get your five-episode audio course to create more connection, create more friendships, and get back to living the life that you're trying to design. Dory 1, this is Fireteam Delta. Dad's coming home. Welcome to the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, where it is our mission to bring every dad home. I am your host, Ben Colloy. I'm a United States Marine veteran, husband, and a father. We will bring authentic conversations to inspire action in your life so we can close the gap between the dad you are today and the dad you want to be tomorrow. This is the Military Veteran Dad Podcast. Before we get started with this week's show, I just want to drop in with a few announcements. We just launched the blog on militaryveterandad.com. Go ahead there and check it out. There's a link in the show notes as well. We just launched the first blog post called Coming Home Part 1. Next, if you haven't already reviewed the podcast, I would really appreciate it. Those reviews are the lifeblood of any new podcast, and the larger the reviews, the higher you climb within the charts on iTunes, and it will help us get even more military veteran dads. Next, also in the bottom of the show notes, there's also a new feature called Ask a Question, where we're going to feature questions from the audience, you military veteran dads, and go ahead and accumulate them all into one show and bring them together. So if you want to have your question featured on a future episode, go ahead, drop it in the show notes, or drop it, use the link in the show notes and drop it in, and we'll go ahead and get those questions answered. That's all I got, real quick and simple. Now on with the show. Today on the show, we have Raiden Denisio. Raiden joined the United States Navy in 2003 and is still serving on active duty in South Carolina. He is the owner of Fortis Fidelis Fitness Apparel and also operates a Facebook group for busy dads looking for a change. He has a husband and a father to a beautiful little girl. Raiden, welcome to the show. Hey, Ben. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Can you describe a little bit more what your family looks like right now and any gaps in the intro? Yeah, so um, my wife and I, we, just, we got married in 2016. And uh, just last year, we had our first child, um, our baby girl, Ella Rose. She is now seven months, first, first child and first grandkid for both sides. So Is that excited. short for Eleanor? No, just Ella Rose. Yeah. Nice. Beautiful name. My oldest, his middle name is Grace, named after my grandmother's uh, mother's name. And my youngest daughter's name is middle name is uh, Lillian Kate. And I've always liked those. You can do a lot with the middle name for a girl. Yeah. We, um, originally it was Mar- supposed to be Marcella Rose. Um, my wife wanted it shortened to Ella Rose, um, both for our grandmothers on each side. So. Well, awesome. When you hear the words come home, what do those mean for you? You're a new dad, just figuring out how to welcome them into your world and how to be present. When you hear those words, what do they mean to you? When I hear come home, I mean, uh, I think for me, it's just being present. Um, you know, we, a lot of us might come home physically, but mentally um, we're on a, at another place, right? We're still thinking about things that went on in the past. Um, you know, our experiences, you know, for 
for military dads might be deployments that um, are are still in our heads and in our thoughts. And for me, I think it's just being present, man. Um, you've, we've we've experienced so much through these um, deployments, you know, being in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, for me, coming home is just being present and enjoying the time that you've you've been given, you know. Being a new dad and still serving an active duty, what was that first challenge that you were like, whoa, what just happened and what did you have to figure out and how did you handle it? Yeah, yeah. so um, it's kind of a funny story. My, uh, my wife, I was coming home from, um, I, was, I was TAD. I was a temporary assigned duty for about three weeks. And my, my wife picked me up from the airport and, um, you know, we hugged and everything. Uh, she told me that I was going to be driving. So I, I went on the, the driver's side and uh, she had placed the uh, the test on the seat. But I didn't think anything of it. I thought it, I honestly thought it was like a thermometer <laughs> for some reason. And it was like in a Ziploc bag and there's two of them. I was like, hey, what the heck is this? And I just tossed it. And then my wife was like, look at it. And, you know, I was like, oh, okay, well, all right, what is this? And I saw it, and the first, the first thing that came out of my words were like, can we cuss in this podcast? Or? Yeah. Yeah, the first, first word was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I've, I've always, um, you know, we have, we'd always plan on, you know, having kids. But when that moment set in, you know, it was like, it was reality. Like, so you weren't like, consciously trying before that? You know, we were, we were trying, but, you know, it was still like, um, at that time, it was it just set in, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to become a father. I'm going to become a dad, you know? So that was, that was pretty exciting. Did you have a strong father influence growing up? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, a little bit about me. I come from humble beginnings. I was born in the Philippines. Um, you know, my, my, my dad, um, he had six other siblings and, uh, you know, his growing up was a lot, definitely a lot different than mine. Uh, me being growing up here in the States and him in the Philippines where they had to, um, he was actually, he was the only one that was actually given the, um, I guess the, um, the provided to go to college so he can get his education out of the, the rest of the siblings. So, um, you know, he had it a little rougher than me and, um, just his work ethic. Um, cause he, he's, he's like your everyday handyman, you know, like I, I kind of, I look up to him as an example of what a dad should be because, um, no matter what he, um, he's always taking care of his family and, and he's very thoughtful about others. You know, he's, he's always placing others before himself. And, um, uh, sometimes, um, I kind of get to him on that because you know it kind of places him in compromising situations you know uh, where people uh, might take advantage of uh, his kindness so um but yes yeah, so he was he was a very strong uh, father figure that's good i think a lot of military veteran dads end up in the military because maybe not having the best upbringing and that first child coming into the world can be a really scary thing because you realize you didn't have maybe the strongest role model and yeah. And you got to try to be the one for this child that you're not bringing into the world that's going to look up to you for all of her problems or his problems. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, be, being a father, that's just like, 
you know, when, when that moment hit, it was like, you know, it's time to, uh, I guess, I guess you can say step up, you know? <laughs> what are some simple, uh, time bombs that you use to, to come home to your kids? I believe kids build love T I M E your daughter's really young. So, and you're still on active duty. So your time's really crazy in many days, I'm sure still. So what are some simple things as your one-year-old love for you to do? Um, you know, just going back to the whole, um, spending time, um, you know, yes, I do. I'm still serving. Um, but I tell my sailors all the time, uh, the, the most important thing for me and, um, other than the service is my family and my faith. Um, I believe, and I encourage our, my sailors to, you know, if there's any issues with, with their families, um, I encourage them to take that time to, to spend it with their family and, you know, take care of any issues and problems that they may have. So I think with me, um, you know, they're, they're out in Virginia right now. They're being there for a week due to um, a loss in the family. But, um, you know, just, just being there, like I said, just being present and, and spending that time with them. Because, you know, I've been fortunate enough. I've been deployed five times, um, three times to Iraq and one time to Afghanistan. And there could have been times where, you know, if I move to my left or my right, or if we went one way or, or another, I might have not been here. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm always grateful. And uh, I try to um, every morning just, you know, just practice that gratitude and just, you know, pray and, and be thankful to, uh, to God that, you know, I'm still here and I'm able to spend that time with my family. Not serving in the Navy, but knowing pretty much only in the Marine Corps, the only thing we know is the corpsman side. But watching and knowing that they have to go away for so long, either they're a submariner or they're on a boat or a vessel where they're going away for six months at a time. What advice would you give out there for a dad who maybe prioritizes service over family that to shift that mindset? Because I, I feel like in the military, it's so easy to prioritize service as a worthy sacrifice but you're building up that credit card debt that eventually comes back to haunt you. And I've heard stories that like people can't wait to go on TAD after they get home. Like they've been home for a week and they're already looking forward to their next one. But in reality, that's just kind of like the excuse for them not to show up. Yeah. Um, you know, being in for 15 years, I've uh, worked with and uh, talked to, um, you know, dads who've been in longer than me and, you know, have gone and gone on and retired and just speaking to them, you know, afterwards, after their retirement, it's, 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 it's one of those things that they really do regret, you know, yes, they did, um, you know, get to go to all these places, um, you know, move up in rank, but to what expense, right? Um, most, you know, just, just talking to them, the m- number one regret is just, you know, not being there for their families. And, uh, you know, what I always tell my sailors is um, the work will always be there. Um, but your family, that's the number one important thing to, to take care of. You know, you, you, you're, you can be replaced at any uh, given time. You know, you're, you're going to get out, you're going to separate or you're going to retire and there's going to be another person taking over your, your place. Right. Yeah. You like to think you're not a number in the military, but at the end of the day, you're a number. At the end of the day, you're, 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 a number. And you're out and another person's in. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, yes, my service is important to me, but not to the detriment of my family. 
I heard a story from one of my mentors, Dan Dwyer, that he met a, I want to say he was a two-star general and he never actually got to know his son until he joined the Marine Corps. Until his son joined the Marine Corps 20, <laughs> 18 years later, did they finally have a common connection that he was able to like connect to his world. Like he just was off for those 18 years until he joined. And I can't imagine the amount of weight that a, a dad carries when they have that moment of awakening of that their son's time is gone and now they got to try to figure out how to get it back. Right now. And now you're going to have to make time to basically get to know that a stranger because that's, that's, def- that's how it turns out. Right. Like your son or your daughter, you know, you being that gone, gone for those many years, you're, you're, you're a stranger to them. So. You only got one daughter, but when she's 30, what do you want her to think about you? What do you want her to brag to her friends about her dad? Yeah, so I, th- I thought about that. Um, I think for me, the, the word that just comes up is caring. Um, and, you know, not, yes, of course, caring, loving your family. I mean, I think that, I think that should just be a given. That shouldn't be like, um, you know, that, that should be a given that a father should and a dad should be, right? Mm-hmm. But caring to where he also takes care of others um, around him. Um, I think that's most important. Um, you know, like I said, just going back to my family, um, you know, come back from humble beginnings every, every two, three years, my, my parents would, they always go back to the Philippines and whenever they always go back, they always bring back boxes, just boxes of, um, you know, supplies, gifts, um, sometimes, you know, money to just give back to the family that, uh, help them throughout those years um, to get to the point to where they're at now. Um, so I think caring and just being giving um, I, that those are those two words uh, come up to my mind. I like that. And I think they're always watching us. And as, as you watch your dad's example, you're now reflecting that example into your daughter's life. Yeah, right. And it's extremely important to have a conscious awareness of what we're reflecting to our kids as far as who we want to be, who they want to look up to, and more importantly, what kind of a man they bring in their life, especially I have two daughters, you have one, how we become and how we treat our wives, what kind of man we are, will be the type of man they go out to seek out into the world. And it's so important for us to model those right behaviors because so much of what they seek from other men in their future will be what they saw in us and will will be that person that they use as an example. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, here's here's the thing. I think your your kids will follow your example more than your advice. So I I I like to take that you know take action rather than talk about it. You know. Yeah. Do you know your kid's love language yet? Do you know what she's gonna have for a love language? Ooh, <laughs> I think uh, phys- physical physical touch. Yeah. Touching. Yeah. There's a book that I read, uh, two years ago, maybe now it was strong fathers, strong daughters. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, No, I haven't. Well, it it was, it's an eye opening book with a lot of scary statistics. And the simple one that I always remember is just by hugging your daughter, there's like a 60% chance less she'll have sex by the age of 12. Because Hmm. if you provide physical touch for them, then there's less of a chance that they'll go out to seek it from someone else. And by having an adequate supply from their father of that 
uh, respectful, safe touch and love, then there's less of a likely that the first boyfriend is the one that she tries to get what her father never gave her. Mm. So I always, I'm always conscious to make sure that I'm hugging my daughter, both of them. Definitely. Definitely. I got to hug more, hug her more often. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a simple thing that can do a lot of big results later on. Right. Right. As a dad, what was your scariest moment? What did it teach you about life and who you are today? Um, I think my scariest moment was, um, in the, when you found the bag in the seat. (laughs) Well, that, well, yeah, maybe that one, but, um, I think more so was in the, uh, delivery room. Um, we were planning on, and we were planning on, um, delivering a natural birth, but, um, ended up um, going C-section and, um, you know, when they, when they brought her out, she, she cried and then stopped. So when they, when they raised her up um, for us to see her, my wife didn't get to uh, see her uh, that much because it was so quick. And, um, you know, for a second, we, you know, we didn't hear anything. Um, Just, you know, I think that was kind of scary for me, just not, not hearing anything from her and not having control of that, of that moment, you know, Um, ended up, they just had to suction her and just, but she turned out. Okay. Um, My first one had a similar one. We were, I think she was in labor. We started at like five in the morning and it was 10 o'clock at night and we were still pushing and ended up having to go to C-section and, it's a scary rush where it changes like in 15 minutes and yeah. next thing you know, you're in the operating room and, and then you leave the operating room and you, and you're hoping everything goes okay afterwards and you, you're, you're paying attention to the newborn and you're in a different room completely and waiting for that moment when she can, you can get to see your wife again and reconnect your family again. It's not and it's, a scary it's, one. It was scary because, you know, I'm a corpsman, I'm in the medical field. Uh, my wife is a respiratory therapist, so she's been in the other side of that. Uh, situation so she, you know like just knowing that the fact and it's your kid um yeah that that was definitely a, a scary little moment for us it's also scary with the second one if your wife goes decide to do uh v-back which is the vaginal yeah. birth after cesarean because everything is a little bit more high risk everything you got to make sure everything works and you could be right back in the operating room yeah, yeah luckily so- the next two came out perfectly fine yeah, definitely. We didn't have any problems after that. What do you want your family's legacy to be? What do you want your overall family legacy to be when people think of your name? Um, or maybe it's continuation of your father's name. Sounds a little bit like you're carrying on his mission as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, um, you know, obviously I want to help uh, more people that I can, but um, I think the longer lasting legacy is um, knowing that I'm leaving behind, hopefully more than one, one kid, kids <laughs> that will carry on that, you know, that tradition of caring and, um, taking care of, um, others, you know, um, you know, be, being there to, to always provide whenever they can, um, and be of a helping hand to other people as well. And I think, that kindness is such a, a not, it doesn't sound like a difficult thing, but it's something that they don't always understand. Cause there's like some like internal struggle of being a little bit selfish as a kid, but then at the same time they want to be kind, but they don't always understand the what. Um, 
I've said it a couple of times in the podcast that one of the things that's really worked with my daughters, an idea called uh, rainbows and storms that st- rainbows only come after storms. So I've been teaching right. her to be the rainbow to someone's storm. Like if she sees a kid having a bad day, essentially a storm to give them a rainbow by doing something kind. And there has been some shift in their mind that that easily understands more than kindness. I'm not sure because maybe kindness is too abstract for an emotion for them to understand, but rainbows, they understand they can always spot them in the sky and they understand storms because they don't like them. So maybe it's something about putting them together, but my daughter's only six, but those we talk often about the rainbow she gave away during the day. Yeah. I think it's very important. Like a a younger age, you know, um, it seems like kindness is just rare nowadays. Um, You know, like, you don't, I don't know, maybe, um, you know, like being, being, just just be kind to others and treat other people the way you want to be treated. I mean, it's as simple as that, you know, like people have heard that so many times, but I think the action, like instead of talking about it, just act on it. Mm-hmm. And I think as uh, fathers to daughters, the responsibility is even a little bit greater because they're going into a world that is even more dark with the idea that they're not enough, that there's constant comparison with within girls in school and, with social media that one of the things that I'm always reminding my daughter is that she's enough and she's beautiful just the way she is because there's so many messages out there that are going to take that away from her and, or try to at least. And I'm hopefully going to get there first. And I often tell her when someone says something mean, I'm like, do you think it's true? And she says, no, well, your opinion is the only one that matters there. What everybody else thinks of you doesn't really have an opinion or an effect there. It's a hard one to work, but I'm constantly trying to, reinforce that belief that what she thinks matters. Yeah, definitely. I think um, to your point, it doesn't really matter good or bad what other people think. It's what you think inside and how you, how you feel about yourself. How that made you feel. Yeah. You know, and that's your truth um, and nobody else's. So, Mm -hmm. and that's the one we stop listening to the most, I think. Yeah. As we get older in the twenties and we lose ourselves a little bit. I know I lost myself a little bit. Well, I think, I think um, there's another voice in your head that kind of puts that self-doubt and um, that negative thought in your head, right? Um, sometimes there's a battle within our minds, um, I think, um, you know, of, of eliminating that self-doubt and that negative talk and uh, listening to positive what do you think the biggest difference in the rate in today versus, let's say, five years ago? Well, definitely having the family. Um, my views, you know, I think for me, five years ago, I was a little more selfish with my time. Um, being single, you you know, I, I didn't really want to be tied down or to one situation or one place. Um, and you got that paycheck burning a hole in your pocket. <laughs> you know, um, luckily for me, um, I was, I was good with, you know, saving and investing my money. But um, yeah, I think just, just being five years ago, I was just more selfish with my time. And then now, you know, five present day, you know, me with, with a wife and uh, a baby girl of seven months, you know, giving that time to them as well. Um, Is there any perspective that you have now looking back that you maybe tell to other single sailors or military members 
uh, of what they, you wish you maybe were thinking about doing before starting a family? You say that question again, you kind of cut off. Like, are, are, is there anything that you can reflect back and look on, say, even just five years ago of what you wish you might have been doing instead before starting settling down and have a family? Like, is there any activities you wish you were doing or trips you were taking or lifestyle that you were living? Uh, for me, I think five years ago or when I was single, I think I, I wish I could have started more in um, my entrepreneurship journey because um, because I started this right after um, my wife and I got married a couple months into it. And um, right now for me, that's, that's the, um, that's the difficult part, you know, because, you know, I have time for with my service time with my family and time um, that I have to put in with my business in order for it to succeed. Um, You know, people always talk about balance, uh, to be personally honest, I, there really is no balance because if you're, um, you know, putting the time in your service, that's where your time is going. If you're putting that time with your family, that's where your time is going. And the other two are just, um, suffering, right? So if you spend all your time in your business, um, you know, that you're, you're taking that time away from your family. So, uh, the balance thing, I think it's just, you know, prioritizing what really is important to you mm-hmm. and being able to live with your choice, whatever. It, yeah. It, and, uh, knowing that there's going to be consequences to, um, to your actions. And yeah, I think just, just finding out just, you know, on this journey, it, there is no balance. <laughs> That's some good advice. And I've been on this road for maybe three years in different various forms and having those kids, I mean, Right now, my, my heart is divided among four people and you only get a few good years where your heart's not divided that when you're not doing something for someone that no one else suffers. And those are the times where you can hustle and you can grind and you can stay up late and you can sleep yeah. in if you need to. But the later years, like now, I mean, everything, even with my podcast, I've been very deliberate on going slower than I wanted or maybe could go if I would have pushed harder because I wasn't willing, I made the conscious decision. I wasn't willing to create a podcast for military dads and then sacrifice time with my kids to build that podcast. And, but at the end of the day, I've, I've lived with that decision. It eventually comes and it's just what you want to make peace with. And it's also, I think it's important that if you do go lopsided one way, like if you go TAD, I think it's important that you recognize there's a deficit in a different bank account. And then you right. dive into there and start making investments. You don't, continue to dive into your service if you just got back for three weeks because then you're just continuing to borrow from time that you aren't consciously deciding whether you want to give it away or not. Yeah, and definitely. And I think communicating that with your wife, you know, your spouse, um, just be clear with your, with your goal and your intentions and, and kind of communicating that with your wife and spouse that knowing, Hey, you know, at this, for me, it's all about prioritizing and being organized with my time. Um, I think that's a lot of people um, like doing that. You know, we just kind of go by the day and see what, what, what happens. Right. Um, you, I think you just need to be more um, organized and uh, sensitive with your time that you spend either with your business, uh, with your family, or in my case, serving. So being in the military, Marriage can be the one thing, especially if you have kids that can kind of just get put to the side because you just feel maybe overwhelmed with a lot of things. 
What advice have you given to other sailors and what advice would you give to other military dads looking to come home to their marriage where maybe there's a big gap between what they have and what they want between their wife and who they are today? I mean, I think, I, I think you just said it right there. Um, just come home, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you is know, there anything that your wife enjoys more when you come home from TAD that you recognize that's impactful? Well, for me, um, the time that we love to spend together, we love to eat, honestly. <laughs> um, so I know she enjoys just, you know, spending time out, um, either there, whether that go, you know, going traveling or just going out to a restaurant and, you know, spending so her love language is quality time. Yeah, definitely quality, quality time. And, um, you know, we, we've, we tried to develop, um, at least once a week, we have a date night, um, you know, just a couple hours. We, we can't really do it right now because we have my, uh, we don't have any babysitter, but <laughs> when we had our, our, our grandparents here, her, uh, her grandparents, um, she, they were able to take care of our, our baby. And, uh, yeah, you know, I think just, you know, spending that time with them, you know, and, and, getting rid of the phone, the phones, you know, um, I think, I don't know why there's always a tendency for us to like, when there's, when there's always a, a moment of silence, we, we reach down to our pockets and take that out. Um, you know, for me, I think our like, brain's just not used to being silent anymore or alone with our own thoughts that we always want that companion, which is why I think meditation is such a hot topic today in, in mental health society or United States in the world, because it does force you to just be alone with your thoughts. And sometimes that's scary for people. I don't, I think people are so wound up in their own world that they don't want to hear what their brain's thinking about because they're either avoiding or they got this big shelf of things they're trying to avoid in their life. And as long as they're on their cell phone, then they don't have to deal with it. But I like, I used to be this person that used to just stack stuff up on a shelf in my head mentally. And eventually that shelf would break. And everybody's had those days and then you just try to put it back together before anybody notices and hopefully you didn't hurt anybody's feelings when it broke and then you just keep stacking stuff up there and I think that's a lot of the the social phone connection of just it's also I think safe I think people feel safer in their own world on social media than they do in the real world these days and that's not good either because then you're just disconnecting from reality and then almost it connected to the dopamine of your Facebook feed, which isn't good. And I think there's a similarity to this. I've used it for the kids. Like when your kids turn 18, they're going to betray you. They're going to leave. And your wife is going to be the one there at the end. Same thing with your service. If you're doing 20 years, it will betray you. Nothing about your service will carry you to the grave, except maybe the 21 gun salute when you hit the the funeral. And your wife is the one that's going to be the constant through all of that. And it's so important to prioritize her above kids as much as as cliche as that sound, but your kids are going to love you no matter what. And they're going to betray you and they'll be perfectly fine generally, even if on your worst day, but your wife is the one that chose to do life with you. And I think coming home to your marriage is extremely important there. Yeah. I'm sure you see it with, with sailors because they come home a lot more and it's, it's almost like probably landing on an aircraft carrier itself. It, come, it happens within seconds when they come home. They're back in their family from being away for six months. And just like an aircraft carrier, they got to come to a sudden stop and reintegrate to life on a Navy ship. Except this time, it's their home. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, um, 
you know, people always talk about 50, 50, right. Um, it's kind of like meeting halfway 50, 50, right. Yeah. Why not just be a hundred percent, hundred percent, just, um, just get back without expecting anything in return. I mean, um, you know, you've, you've, you know, you've, you've chosen this person to spend the rest of your time with, um, why do you have to always, uh, when you give, you expect something in return. Um, I think, I think we, um, we need to stop focusing on like what this person can do for me, but what you can, what you can do for that other person. Um, Tony Robbins says often about expectations that if you can switch your life from, from expectations to appreciation, it can literally change overnight. And I had the same idea that I realized a lot of marriage was built around, or my marriage was built around expectations. And once I, it's not easy. It's a constant battle, especially it gets harder in today's society. It's a me, me, me type mentality you're reinforced with but you truly have to walk into everything with gratitude, appreciation, and just the showing and support of that. This is a person you love and you'll do anything for her, no matter what you get in return. Yeah. And, and definitely for me, it's like, and you know, I've, I've struggled with this too. Like when um, there's things not going right with my business or, or whatnot. And um, sometimes I, you know, to be honest, I take it out on my, my wife sometimes. And for me, that's, that's not fair to her. Um, you know, we shouldn't look at our partners to make us happy, right? They can't fill that void for you. Only you can. And, um, you know, it's not fair to them to, um, to take it out on them as well. And so much what you bring home, even from, if you're, if a veteran suffering from PTSD, all of those things end up being something that your wife has to bear and she can only bear so much. And I think this is why it's so important for, veterans to find tribes you're still in your tribe so you have that support network but once you get out that tribe is so fundamentally important because mm-hmm. you're not dismantled to give everything to your wife to carry you're, you need that tribe of men to help carry what you can't lift i in the military we used to say that if you couldn't lift something you didn't have enough people doing it or enough people trying and i've equated that to life a little bit that if whatever you've got today in life you can't carry it by yourself. You weren't meant to carry everything by yourself. You just need more people to help lift you. Yeah. And that's what you need those tribes for. And it's so important because like you said, your wife can't handle it all. And when we do, we just need to recognize it. So important just to apologize, like having that awareness that you did that, that's, that's powerful in and of itself. Definitely, man. So just recognize that as well. What is a resource or a book you would recommend to other military veteran dads and why? Um, it's not, it's nothing military related, related, but a book that I read recently that's made a ma- major shift in my, in my life was uh, Man Up by Bedros Koulian. Um, that's, uh, that's a book that, uh, that I, you know, I read and kind of related to because um, similar to him, you know, c- coming here as an immigrant and going through the kind of like similar experiences and um, you know, what he went through and, you know, looking back at what I went through, um, you know, it kind of just helped me with, uh, with my current situation. It's definitely with business as well. Is it more about like, like masculinity or what would be the category that it would fall under? Um, it's more of, of business and entrepreneurship, but um, he also talks about his experiences and that has how that's helped him with, um, you know, with his, uh, with his businesses. What is the parting piece of advice you want to leave for other military veteran dads? 
Ooh, parting piece of advice. I'm going to have to steal something from you, man. Just come home. Uh, be present and be caring. You know, um, a lot of people, a lot of people, like I said, a lot of the, the dads, they might have come home physically, but, um, you know, they haven't been home mentally. I'll never forget. I, I haven't, uh, we didn't talk about this, but me and you met at military influencer conference last year in Orlando, where all of this idea fully took place right. of the podcast. And on my business, on the plane ride home is when I wrote out my business plan. And I'll never forget that moment when I was doing a, a mind map and I was drawing all these lines going left to right. And, and then I came up with the idea of come home. And I was like, it just struck a chord with me because so much of what we need to hear is that we're, we're just not home. And those two words, I remember when I was writing this podcast idea and thinking, like, I just want someone to to hear this podcast and hear the words come home. And like, to me, that's like, if that resonates and that makes them trigger, then that's all we need to do. Then the mission is complete. Definitely, man. And I appreciate you uh, for creating this podcast for military dads and, you know, putting, making a change and for the, for the better in our community. Um, definitely uh, kudos to you on that and the crazy part is how me and you met that just standing in line waiting for our badge i started talking to you oh yeah definitely yeah talk yeah. about two random points in the universe coming together to provide value for military dads definitely man definitely man so uh, and you know come from that you like you said just created this um this platform and that will no doubt uh reach hundreds and thousands of uh, military dads out there where can people connect with you, Raiden, if they want to find more about your Facebook group or even your fitness apparel? Yeah, so um, you can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook, uh, Raiden Dionisio. The Facebook group, Operation Fit Dad. Um, so if you're a dad that's struggling with your uh, fitness or needs help with your fitness goals, want to learn how to uh, burn fat, and build muscle without spending hours in the gym. Uh, just go to Facebook, Operation Fit Dad. That's our Facebook group. I'm kind of uh, a sucker for uh, fitness groups because it was almost this time last year that uh, I was sitting on a Saturday and my pants stopped fitting. And I was like, <laughs> I am so tired of my pants stopped fitting. This is a common problem, a theme in my life. And I'm just like, I'm done. And my episode number two, Chris Hughes, he had a Facebook ad going for a uh, driven dad program and it was like 180 bucks and I was weak in that moment and it was like 10 30 at night and I clicked it and signed up and the next thing you know on Monday I've got a Facebook or a membership to the gym and for me the fear of the gym was such a uh, trap from the military because I tried to get fit in the military and just never could and tried my hardest and that failure was just sitting in front of me and here almost a year later I'm still at it, still going to the gym, still connected with Chris and um, this Facebook group. These, these things can, can change your life because showing simply just where to walk when it comes to fitness can be the simplest thing. Like for me, the hardest part was just walking alone on that journey and just having someone there like you, Rain, to demonstrate, to show, to show that you don't die when you go to the gym <laughs> that you can't live. And despite all of what people may be thinking about you at the gym you go in there and you're like, are people judging me? And you just have to keep walking to it. And 
it's a powerful thing. I think especially for veterans because we get caught up in our head and I find so much more about the gym, not even about health, but just doing life together or doing life in general. Like I remember very clearly the day I leveled up on a dumbbell and I was like, huh, that was hard just a few days ago. And now it's easy. And all I had to do was keep doing it. Wow. That's just like life. Put in the daily investments and get better. And so it's just that simple reminder of like, wow, I'm, I'm making progress. And just even two weeks ago, I was taking a gym selfie to share with some of my Facebook friends. And I had this narrative play in my head, like guys like you don't take pictures like that. Cause I had biceps already. I could start to see some muscle muscle definition. And I was like, that's the old me. Like I could hear that narrative slowly starting to, to go, but we don't realize how much of our fitness mindset is based on guys like me do things like this. And that's eat ice cream or popcorn or whatever it may be. And you truly have to recognize where that's on autopilot. So I'm really happy that we got another Facebook group out there for um, dads because we have to be able to stick around till the very end to be with our kids. And health is just like a credit card. Can't keep, can't keep borrowing and it's not you're going to catch up and you need to keep up because kids have a lot of energy to burden. You want to be there with it. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, what's, what's great about it is, you know, going back to the community aspect of it, right. And having that accountability, knowing that you're not alone, uh, you know, being part of a team, uh, those are the most important things. And, you know, I, I think people, you know, the, the whole comparison with, with other people and, you know, social media nowadays, like there is no comparison. You, you are your only competition because you don't compare to yourself to others, compare to yourself to your yesterday. Um, you know, and if you know you're getting better each and every day, you know, whether that be you're lifting, you know, five pounds heavier on the weights. Um, you can do one more push-ups or one more pull-up, whatever that may be. You're still, it's still progress. Yeah. Um, and even just showing up at the gym, you're still running laps around the person who's still sitting on the couch eating potatoes. Yeah. I think that people, I think people discredit themselves too much. Um, you know, give yourself, you know, give yourself some, some pat on the back, man. Like, you know, you show up and just be better than what you were yesterday. And that's it. Like, uh, there's, there's no competition. Only you go, go look in the mirror, go in the bathroom, go look in the mirror. That's your competition. Nobody else. I have my friend says, you just want to be focused on being 1% better. Definitely. There's those little, little things. I was actually on day three. I came up with a colloism that was like, uh, these are daily deposits in the bank of tomorrow. Like every day you show up, you're investing into a future you haven't yeah. even met yet. So you can't judge what that future looks like because you haven't even lived it yet. But you got to make those deposits to get those dividends. And if you don't start making them now, you won't ever see them. Pay the dues, make that investment. And you got to do it even when you don't want to. That's important because you're not always going to want to go. Hey, uh, one, one more thing. So um, on, you know, talking about paying dues and making an investment. So January 1st, I started this 50 burpees a day challenge. So if there's any dads out there, um, I usually go live on Instagram. Just so for me, it's accountability, right? Um, and it lets people know, Hey, where's, where's your, you know, if, if I, if I don't do it or, you know, if, hey, you if think I, no one's watching until someone's like, Hey, you didn't right, do it. Yeah. So it's, it's more of, you know, not me like, Hey, here's me doing 50 burpees, but it's more of like accountability and, and you know, letting other people know like, Hey, you can do this. Like it's all about, for me, just going back to mindset. Um, I did a Facebook live with 
uh, us doing, it was just like five pushups, but I had all the kids in the living room doing them together. I had my daughter on my back cause she's too little and she starts crying cause she can't do them yet. But the other two love it. And we're setting a clear example that families that work out together, grow together and do life together. Yeah. And I think you hit it right on the head, man. Just if you take care of yourself, you'll, you'll be able to take care of your family later on down the road. Because if you don't take care of yourself, just think about who's going to take care of your family if you don't. So. And we actually, uh, early on, I realized I have no right to take away that time for my daughter for me to be 65 or 75. She's going to want me there. And I have no right to take that time away from her. The decisions I make today are going to take that time away. So it's, it's you have to, and everybody's going to be perfect. No one's going to get it right every day. But as long as you have the right end game in mind, you'll yeah. end up there. It might be a squiggly line or a zigzag line, but you'll get there. Yep. Raiden, I really appreciated this conversation. It was really good. And uh, currently, Chris Hughes, number two episode with his fit, uh, fitness uh, is the number one episode I've so far. So we'll see if you can trend upwards above him. Or- <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me on, Ben. Thank you. That's a wrap. And thank you for listening to today's show. And I really hope you enjoyed it. The lifeblood of any new podcast are the reviews. If you haven't reviewed the podcast yet on iTunes, I would really appreciate it and you will help us get the message out to even more military veteran dads. As John Maxwell says, if there is hope in the future, there is power in the present. Dads, it's time to come home.